Thank you, Lord. Let's uh, express our thanks another time. We're certainly thankful for our children. They are the future. Uh, someone said they're asking about some people. They said, so how many people got saved at, at the altar? And one guy said, uh, two and a half. He said, two and a half people got saved? You, you mean two adults and a child? He said, no, two children and an adult. Because <laughs> the adults already lived half of their life, and then the two children have their full lives in front of them. So there's something to that, and we're so thankful they are precious. They are gifts from the Lord, the future, and uh, our young ones are strong in the Lord. Amen. They really are. And that's the result of the goodness of the Lord. But our children's workers are outstanding. They are outstanding. Yes. And uh, you know, what you see is a lot of work. How many of there's a lot of work went into this? Because, uh, you know, just getting those little lambs to come in the right aisle. That could get out of hand real quick. <laughs> And all of the work and the practice and the props, everybody say thank you. Thank you, children's workers. Thank you, children's workers. Because they don't uh, just babysit. They minister. They minister word, truth, life, the anointing. And it's, it's so, uh, we can't it's put a value on what it means to put the word of God in a child's spirit. You just, you can't put a value on that. I, I know uh, um, as a young teenager, I was going through some things that were, uh, you know, kind of traumatic to me at the time. And of course, it, don't, it doesn't take a whole lot to be traumatic to a young person. But I didn't know much about the Word or faith. But in Sunday school, I had learned the 23rd Psalm. And it came up in my spirit. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I didn't know anything about speaking or confessing or any of that, but the Spirit of God was able to bring that to me and strengthen me and comfort me because I had got it yeah. as a child. Come on, can you see that in that Sunday school class? And so it is of the utmost importance, and we're thankful for the ministry that's going on in the churches here. Well, you got a few minutes for, uh, for something else. Don't intend to keep you too long, but you're all dressed up and you're in church. And <laughs> there ought to be some, some more preaching. What do you think? In Luke 2, Luke, the second chapter, they'll put it on the screen for us, but 2.14. Luke 2.14 says, uh, and it, we, we just heard it in the, in the program, but concerning the, the birth of the Master. What happened there? It was said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Everybody read that out loud with me, please. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. One more time. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, 
peace, goodwill toward men. Now, in what we call the Lord's Prayer, uh, Luke 11, it's not too far from where we were just reading, Luke 11, 2, he said, excuse me, Jesus said, when you pray, that you say this, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Now there's a lot of revelation here. Uh, for one thing, God doesn't have two different wills. A will for the earth and a will for heaven. His will is the same. On our own earth or in heaven, His will doesn't change. He doesn't change. What He wants, what He desires, what pleases Him doesn't change. And secondly, his will must not, being, must not be being accomplished fully in the earth. Or he wouldn't tell us to pray that it would be. I said his will must not be done completely or done in the earth. Or we wouldn't need to pray that it would be. Right? The truth is, much of what is happening in the earth is not the will of God. Not His plan, not His will. Not only does it not please Him, it grieves Him. And I know there's a lot of people that are fond of saying, God's in control popular thing to say around church. And, and everything happens for a reason. And the implication is that somehow everything, every terrible thing that's happening, everything that's happening on the planet is somehow the plan and work and will of God and that through it all God's perfect will is going to be done. This is not the Bible. It is not true. There's a whole lot of things happening on the earth that's not God's will, not God's plan, doesn't please Him. Yes, everything works together for good to a specific group of people. Those who love God and are called according to His purpose. That's not everybody. There's a lot of things that are not working out for people's good. But God's will doesn't change. Said out loud, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How much crime do they have in heaven? How much? Help me out. How much shortage and lack? In heaven. How much disease? Plague. How much death? Killing, stealing, destroying, cruelty. None. None. You know why? 
Because God is in control there. <laughs> Down here, 2 Corinthians 4.4 calls Satan the God of this world. And for a season, he is influencing. And there is evil. And because men, billions of human beings, have chosen not to believe in God, or to believe in false gods, and not seek His will, and not obey Him. And that's why the place is in such a mess. But, God's will hadn't changed. Hmm? If you want to know what God's will is, read the first part of the Bible before sin. <laughs> right? Everything was good. No curse, no death, no pain. Then skip over all the middle part and read the very end. <laughs> when the Lord has restored everything, new heavens and new earth, no curse, no pain, no sorrow, no dying, no death. All this stuff that happened in the middle is not an improvement. On God's original creation and plan. But he has, through redemption, fixed everything. Hallelujah. That man and the enemy made a mess of. Aren't you glad to be in the family? To be born of him? And if you're not, you are in the right place. For that to can happen quickly. In 1 Timothy, you see, he tells us to pray, 1 Timothy 2 and 1. He said, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men. He tells us to pray, tells us to pray for our leaders, for kings, verse 2, and for all that are in authority. To what end? To what purpose? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now, now notice what, what was said in Luke 2. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth what? Peace. Goodwill toward men. Deuteronomy 11. You don't have to go there. They'll put it on the screen for us. Deuteronomy 11 and 21 the Lord instructed His people to keep His words in their heart and soul and to teach them to their children morning, noon, and night. Keep them in front of them and do them. He said that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. Somebody say, days of heaven, days of heaven. On, the earth. on the earth. See, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You'll hear unbelievers say, well, this is heaven. <laughs> Talking about hearing now. You'll, you'll hear unbelievers say things like, I don't go to church, you know. The woods is my church. 
the lake is my church. The golf course is my church. Because this is heaven. I mean, a good life here, this is heaven. And all these religious nuts and fanatics are chasing something that, and while they're missing out, well, no, this ain't heaven. <laughs> hmm? This earth is not heaven. It's full of curse and death and cruelty. There's so much pain down here. So much. This is not heaven. I'm glad. Are you glad that this is not heaven? There is a heaven. But people say that, unbelievers say that, because they believe there is no God, there's no devil, there's no heaven, there's no hell. But they are wrong. They are very wrong. And as soon as they draw their last breath, they're going to get a big revelation. There is a heaven. And God's will is being done completely in heaven. And his plan is going to come to pass. Hallelujah. But there's a lot of stuff going on in the meantime that's not what he, his will is, not like heaven. But for those that believe him and those that will commit their lives to him, you know, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you don't let him in, he won't be in. If you don't let him in your life. I had, a, I had a fellow come up to me after service one time, shaking his hand, going, no, no, no. Now, when God gets ready for you to do something, you know, uh, he, you will do it. I said, no. He's not going to make people do anything. If he's going to make anybody do anything, he'd make them get saved. He'd make them get born again. This is eternity, heaven and hell. And if he won't make you receive Jesus and get saved, he certainly is not going to make you do lesser things. It's just not true. It's not true. If you don't let him in your life, he won't be in your life. If you don't invite him in, he won't be in. He won't be helping you. He won't be in there. Friend, every day of our life, the Bible said, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll direct your paths. I mean, every day and every, everything that comes up, you need to keep acknowledging him, going, Lord, I'm looking to you. Lord, I'm asking you, what do you want? What does your word say? I'm asking you to help me with this. I, how many want the Lord all in your business? Come on. How many want the Lord all in your business? Well, you got to ask him. Got to invite him. Got to include him. Got to look to him, give place to him, yes. defer to him. Amen. And if you will, and if I will, this ain't heaven, but we can get a taste of heaven. Oh, come on. Before the time, we can get a taste of heaven. We can experience days of heaven. On the earth, we can get some heaven to go to heaven in. 
Is that okay or not? We, we can taste some heaven down here actually in the midst of some hell. What makes hell hell is not just the heat. As bad as that is. It is the absence of joy and light and love and peace. It is the presence of angst and fear and strife. Well, you can experience some of that down here, can't you? The Bible said where strife is, there's every evil work. Strife is a manifestation of the presence of the devil. You can feel it. When people are being, having knocked down, drag out fights, yelling, cussing at each other, screaming at each other, even if you weren't there, you can walk in the room and you can feel it. You know you have. What are you feeling? What is that? It's not physical. What is it? It's the manifestation of evil. It's a taste of hell. Fear has torment. Well, that same word torment used to describe with fear, that's the same word used to describe torment in hell in the same New Testament. Being racked with fear and tormented with fear is a taste of hell in this life. So people are experiencing four tastes of hell. Oh, but you can experience four tastes of heaven. What makes heaven heaven? It's not just the streets of gold. It's not just the the walls of jewels. What makes heaven, heaven? We won't even need a star. We won't even need a sun because the Lamb is the light. When you're basking in the light, you'll be basking in the presence of the Almighty. When you get a suntan, it'll be a S-O-N. Tan. And you won't have to put on any sunscreen because it's just pure life. Pure light of life. What makes heaven heaven is there is no strife there. There's no death there. There's no hell there. It's just life and joy and peace. Oh, hallelujah. But we don't need, those of us going, don't need it to be a shock to our system. We need to get acclimated before we get there. And that's what you do, the way you do it is with days of heaven. Oh, somebody say days, days, days of heaven on the earth. Go to Mark 10, please. Mark 10. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're going to Mark 10, please. So many go through so much they should never go through. I've been through things. Phyllis and I have been through things we should have never went through. You know, angst, pain, strife, 
Thank God as we've grown and matured, we've cut that out. Hallelujah. I don't, I'm not saying we've arrived, but we, we cut, cut, cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. Back when we were younger and dumber, you know, have a, you'd have a Saturday off and sun shining and should have a good day and fuss with each other and mess it all up. Sulk and pout the rest of the day. That's just stupid. When you don't have days to throw away, you don't have days to waste. Think somebody slighted you. Maybe they did do something wrong to you. But if they messed up yesterday, why let them mess up today and they're not even there? You can cast all your cares over on the Lord. You can forgive no matter what they did. You can. You can forgive and release it and let it go and be free. They may still have a problem. Don't mean you have to have a problem. You can be free. You got to make up your mind. No matter what people are going to do, you're not going to let the, the, the current, which is huge down here in the earth, the current of selfishness and bitterness and bickering and strife and hate and all that junk, you're not going to get sucked into it. You can live aloof. You can live above. You can set your affection on things above, not beneath. People say, well, he just thinks he's above it all. I am. I actually am. I'm seated at the right hand of the Most High in heavenly places far above. All principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named. That's how you can live days of heaven. Now that doesn't mean you'll never have any challenges. That doesn't mean you'll always feel amazing and wonderful. But every time there's a challenge or an issue, you've got a decision to make. Am I going to let that sit on my mind, that problem, that, that lack, that hurt? Am I going to dwell on it? Am I going to talk it until it consumes my, my thinking? Or, or, am I going to say, no, no, hell's not the place for me. I'm not going there. So there's no need for me to have any foretastes of hell either. Zero strife, zero fear, right? How many of your home needs to be a no fear zone? Is that right? Your home, your stuff, your no strife zone. Well, well, we don't always agree. I, I know that. Doesn't mean you got to have a big fight. You get to a point where you realize this is not profitable anymore. You go... I'm going to go pray. <laughs> Let's talk about this. There's a point where you need to stop. You need to hush. Come on, are y'all with me? Because whatever happens beyond this is just going to be harm and damage. You've been there. You know it. 
But you got to get a hold of your flesh because the Spirit of God inside will be telling you, shut up, shut up, shut up, stop. But your flesh will go, yeah, no, but I'm going to have my way. Yeah. And you're going to mess stuff up and you'll get to taste some hell. supposed to be a fun time. Yes. Christmas time. Yes, right? Yes, but you know as well as I do, people have some fights. <laughs> like Phyllis is talking about. Over the turkey. Amen. Or the cranberry. Or whatever people have. Of course there's other stuff behind it. And that was just the thing that set it off. Still, it shows carnality. It shows that people are unspiritual. When they act that way. We can't control everybody. But we can sure control ourselves If we will. And when the spirit of God. Checks you on the inside and says hush. What are you going to do? Hush. <laughs> now don't sit up in church and lie. Now when the, when the spirit of God. Quickens you and says hush. Leave that alone. Hush. What are you going to do? You just smile. And go, I'm just so glad to be here. Just so glad to see y'all. It's just so good. To, yeah. Well, that ain't very deep. It's better than a house full of strife. And you just got to realize that, that not everybody's ready for you. <laughs> Especially your kinfolks. A lot of times it could be gospel truth. But because it's coming out of your mouth. They don't want to hear it through you. And you're not the only one God can use with them. A lot of times you need to hush when you're around them and ask God to send laborers across their path. Somebody they'll listen to because they won't listen to you. But then be ready for him to use you to minister to somebody else that will listen. Is that okay? Mark 10, 13. They brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. See, they thought we got spiritual stuff going on. And we can't have these kids in here. Jesus saw it. He was much displeased. He said to them, suffer or allow the little children to come to me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Actually, other uh, accounts of this say the kingdom of heaven. Verily I say to you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Amen. We should have some days of heaven Amen. on the earth during Christmas time yes. with our children. Because the kingdom of heaven is of such, Jesus said. There's a lot, apparently, there's a lot of children in heaven. There's a lot of children throughout the generations that didn't make it to birth or didn't make it through birth or that died from childhood diseases, especially more in times past than even in recently. But even in recent times with abortion, dear me, there are millions of children. And they are not hurting. 
I said, they are not hurting. You talk about joy. You talk about playing. You talk about fun. Hallelujah. And they can run to Jesus. He can hug all of them. They can go anywhere they want. Nothing's going to hurt them. Nobody's going to hurt them. They can play in the lake. <laughs> they can grab a winged creature if they want to. They can pull on an angel's cloak. Right? Joy. It's going to be wonderful. The flowers. The music. Everything that's there. It's going to, it's, they're enjoying it. They're in it. They're experiencing it. Well, we should see a little fore vision of that in, you know, Christmas morning. Or whenever it is that you celebrate with the children. It doesn't need to be about Santa Claus. It needs to be about Jesus. Right? But you, you should see. Don't, don't uh, you know, three-year-olds are not supposed to sit on the seat with their hands folded all day and night. That's right. <laughs> they need to move. Is that right? Oh, you got to see any little child play some music. What happens next? They move. They're not concerned about what particular move it is or how they look. Dancing. We could learn a lot. The scripture said, unless you become converted and become as a little child, you won't enter in. You got to get rid of the pride and the fear and the junk and join them. Is that right? Join them. Wouldn't hurt you to dance with them some. Oh, I lost somebody. Oh, you're too spiritual for that. Then you're like the disciples that said, don't let them come. He corrected them. He said, no, let them come on in here. Because of such is the kingdom of heaven. And you can get a glimpse of their, with, the, with their innocence and with the joy and with the glee and with the freedom to express it. You get a glimpse of heaven. Hallelujah. We need to join in with it and allow no junk no bitterness, no anger, and fear, and strife. How many think a Christian home should have no hell in it? No environment of hell around Christmas time or any other time. I just can't be around them. Come on. Quit having your feelings on your sleeve. Everything doesn't have to be exactly, Phyllis started with this. Everything doesn't have to be exactly the way you want it and like it everywhere you go. Honey child, the world does not revolve around you. Come on. Be nice. Be sweet. Be able to go with the flow. Yes. You don't have to rock every boat you get in. Just smile and go, it's just so good to be here. It's just so good to see y'all and be with y'all. Have some fun. Yes. Have some heaven. Yes. 
Yes. Taste of heaven yes. on the earth. Can you say yes? Hallelujah. Yes. 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 The reason we should give gifts is not so that all the retailers can get into the black before uh, the end of the year. But it should be a reenactment of the greatest gift ever given, period. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Talking about Jesus. The complete English version says, his gift that is too wonderful for words. The Amplified says, thanks be to God for his gift, precious beyond telling, his indescribable, inexpressible, free gift. (laughs) We've been given the greatest gift that could ever be given. We were given Jesus. Hallelujah. The Son of God, the Word, made flesh. And it's appropriate to give gifts, but they should all be with an eye towards that gift. Do you believe that? Do you agree with that? And Hebrews 6 talks about that it's possible to taste of the heavenly gift and be made a partaker of the Holy Ghost and taste the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. That's Hebrews 6, 4 and 5. Let me read it again. Tasted of the heavenly gift, that's Jesus, made partakers of the Holy Spirit and tasted of the good word of God and powers of the world to come. Is that that getting a foretaste of the next life? Hallelujah. Of heaven. Our life should be so amazing. Not to say we never have any challenges or feelings or anything to overcome. You do. But we should have such such highlights and and such victories and and such miracles that people would hardly believe it. They go, no, no, nobody's life is that good. You're putting on. You're carrying on. We go, no, no. It really is. It really is. We're tasting of heaven. We're having days of heaven. Tasting of heaven before we get there. And when they look and realize it is real, it's going to draw them. It's going to make them want it. It's the goodness of God drawing them to repentance. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Stand on your feet if you would. There's a lot more we could say. But I believe we're in agreement. No hell at our house. Right? No foretastes of hell, but only days of heaven. And if we do it right, these Christmas celebrations and and other things, we should get some glimpses. Right? Glimpses and tastes of what heaven's like. And we don't have to wait till Christmas to experience it again all through the year. We can have some days of heaven on the earth. If you would just close your eyes. Look up to the Lord. Father God we worship you.
We, we rejoice in the gift that is too wonderful for words. Say it out loud, pray it out loud. Father, help me to be aware of any work of the enemy trying to get into our affairs, our gatherings, our events. And I purpose to rise up and resist it. Bind it, forbid it, give no place to it. Help us also to realize what is just man's ideas, religious traditions that have no life in them and to give no place to that. But to recognize your Holy Spirit and the preciousness of your people and to give full place and experience heaven, your will on this earth in Jesus' name.